G'day, g'day. It's Jackson. Welcome back to another episode slash video of just another NBA podcast slash channel. Definitely need to clean up that intro, still figuring things out on my end. Um, but today I'm going to just go straight into it and talk about what happened today in this game two of the NBA Finals. Now, as I'm sure, if you're listening to this, you know that the Lakers won and they won fairly comfortably. Uh, I'm just sort of going to go through a little bit of observations that I, I found just watching the game. And the biggest one is that the Lakers are punishing this undersized team, absolutely destroying them with their size and the talent of their, their big men. Uh, you can see it definitely with Anthony Davis just playing on a completely other level than anything I've really seen from him. He's, he's playing so efficiently. He's playing so well within this system. He's positioning himself just beautifully, especially around the key to get offensive boards and just to box out and play the right defensive uh, possession. Like it's, it's insane. And one, one thing that I did notice and I loved was watching Dwight Howard really early on in the game. He was almost like a pace setter and he definitely helped with the energy that he brought and I think that he's an incredibly underrated asset for this team and I'm very surprised that he only played roughly like 17-ish minutes. I think he, he should have been out there for longer. He was a, a matchup nightmare for this fairly small team. I mean, you had to have your biggest guy on him or he would just destroy you on the offensive glass. And then if you paired him up with AD, then it'd be stuck with the six foot six Jay Crowder most likely. And sometimes I think it was even Jimmy Butler who'd be guarding Anthony Davis. And that that that's gonna be easy money for AD basically every possession. You can't be you can't be putting such small people on someone who is so big and so talented. And having Anthony Davis alongside Dwight Howard allows him to basically have those type of matchups every single time down the floor and it's bloody beautiful and without Bam I mean there's nothing they can do especially with the two big lineup like it, it there's absolutely nothing this team can really do against this and if they continue to play like this without Bam and without Goran Dragic this is going to be a sweep like easily a sweep I mean, this this Heat team without Bam has absolutely no defensive identity. I mean, watching Duncan Robinson play defense without that sort of that hope that you know that if he gets past you, there's going to be Bam, who usually definitely mops up a lot of the the poor defensive defensive sets that Duncan Robinson throws out there. He's the worst defender in the league to me. Just watching him these past couple games. He can't defend anyone. He's only out there to shoot. And in games like this, especially where he's, for some reason, being one of the individual defenders on LeBron, it's, it's, his defensive input is borderline pathetic. Like, you have to be able to at least not jump at pump fakes. It's why everyone makes fun of Michael Porter Jr. and Kyle Kuzma for being some of the worst defenders in the league. Duncan Robinson is right there with them. You pump fake, you go up for anything, and this dude just goes up with his arm and swings down. It's it's, it's like a peewee basketball. Come on, mate. Like, put your head in the bloody game for once. But, I mean, even when you have guys like Iguodala, Jay Crowder, and Jimmy Butler, who are, I would say, elite defensive talents, you can't rely on them to stop a team where a lot of their offense comes from larger individuals and a lot of ball movement because once they're swinging that ball around and you have all these perimeter defenders sitting up there on the perimeter, 
it leaves guys like Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard, which we saw multiple times, just chilling in the paint, who's able just to get the ball and throw it up or throw it down. Like they just they just couldn't do anything. And without Bam, like it's it's a sweep. Like there's there's no other way around. This is gonna be a sweep if Bam can't get back. <laughs> I think that's enough of me basically saying how bad this Heat team kind of is at the moment. But when you look at a few bright spots, like with Goran Dragic out, who was a very underrated piece for this Heat team, I don't think he gets the respect that he deserves for his inputs on this team, especially on the offensive end. He is a great coordinator um, of their offensive sets. But Jimmy Butler was definitely able to stand up and almost fill that role. I mean, he had, what, 12 assists, 25-ish points, and his positioning across all of them. I mean, if they had hoggy assists, he was... He almost had his fingers in the majority of the offense that this team was able to put out at all. But it takes a lot more than just one good player. And man, I just feel really, really, I feel just pity for this Heat team at the moment. Like they're, they're a great team, but they're not the team that beat the Celtics. Like if you don't have Bam, this team is, I don't even think this team is going to make the playoffs without Bam. I mean, I, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again, Bam is the most versatile center slash big man in this entire league from everything that he can do. And without him, this Heat team is close to a lottery team. I mean, you had guys like Tyler Harrow who had little bits of input here and there. I mean, he, he shot a lot of free throws. And this Miami Heat team had one of the highest free throw rates of their entire season tonight. And even with it appearing that the refs were on their side, they just weren't able to really do anything against this set uh, Lakers defense, which just suffocates a lot of the things they wanted to do. I mean, this Heat team barely even shot three-pointers, and that's that's meant to be one of their strengths. I mean, I think it was a third of their entire shots were three-pointers, and they're meant to be the best three-pointing, three-point shooting team in the league. So why wouldn't you utilize that more, especially when you have these players like LeBron, who's gotten a who's lost a little bit of a step when it comes to guarding the perimeter and closing out. You had um, AD, who's not a very good three-point shooter. You have Dwight Howard, who's out there. He's, he's Dwight Howard. He doesn't shoot threes. Um, Caruso's not the greatest shooter either. Rondo, I mean, he's playoff Rondo. The guy just hits everything as soon as the playoffs start, but he's still not a great three-point shooter. And they're, they're, they're shooting a lot more than this great three-point shooting team it just doesn't make sense like it's one of your strengths why wouldn't you do that i mean you have kelly olenic who's one of the best shooting big men basically of all time i mean it might sound weird but when you look at it he quite literally for a center position is a prolific shooter because i mean the position historically isn't the greatest shooters you just i get that they don't have two of their good players but it almost seemed like they weren't playing the same style of basketball, especially defensively as as well as offensively. It doesn't make sense to me. Why wouldn't you keep a similar system but just plug in a few different pieces? I mean, that's what this team was meant to be. They were meant to be a very deep team that had players who would play their role. And this, this game, it just felt like a lot of them weren't. It Like Myers Leonard just looked super awkward, didn't even know what he was meant to be doing out there half the time. Like all of his decisions were like a second too slow, he didn't really do anything when he had to. It was just, it was, it was really weird watching Myers Leonard out there. And I was, I was expecting a little bit more from him, but I guess you can't really be expecting much from a guy who didn't really 
I mean, this is what his second game. I think he only played nine minutes over the whole other series. Is that the heat of one? Ah, oh, man, I, I really, really don't know what this team is uh, going to do, especially because they're putting all these undersized defenders on AD. And I think they're doing that over sort of historical analysis that AD generally used to go very poorly when he had an undersized defender on him. Um, it's similar to Lamarcus Aldridge. He's always struggled when it comes to smaller people guarding him, which sounds very weird. But for some reason, it seems to throw them off because they're so used to having to do their moves against someone either their size or bigger. So when you're going up against someone smaller, the moves and the speed of the moves are a little different. But Anthony Davis has obviously, you can definitely tell in this series as well as in the Houston series, is that he's been able to overcome this sort of challenge for him and now he's able to just destroy everyone. Um, which kind of leads me to another thing. I have absolutely no bloody clue who in the hell is going to be finals MVP. Because, I mean, I ha- the Lakers are going to win this. There's, there's, I, I was entertaining arguments that the Heat had a chance. Um, but I always said that the Heat had to play 100% of their skill level 100% of the time, and that's just not going to happen, especially now with injuries. But yeah, who the hell is going to get finals MVP? You got bloody AD, who's putting out monstrous offensive numbers, playing phenomenal defense, and then you have LeBron James, who is putting up phenomenal numbers and is orchestrating the majority of the offense of this team, as well as just playing all-round phenomenal basketball that we've come to almost expect from him. Anything less than what he's doing now is considered a poor series, even at the age of like 35, 36. Like, I mean, the guy's basically averaging a triple-double over the finals. He's consistently putting up very good numbers, but then you have AD, who is having a lot more of these phenomenal individual plays. He's having a lot more of the highlight-style maneuvers on the court. See, I don't really know. I, I really do want LeBron to get Finals MVP more for the narrative around him and his legacy. I think it would uh, it would it would make the the arguments of all time a lot more interesting if he got another MVP, another Finals MVP this late in his career. And I just love to see all the, all the people who hate him just absolutely lose it. Oh, it's so much fun watching people whinge about him. But yeah, I think I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, I'll do another update after game three, and I'll go through any more things that I've sort of noticed. But I'm just going to leave you with this. I think that the Heat just need to play a lot more aggressive, especially with Bam out. With Bam in, they can play a little bit more strategic, but I think without Bam and without having much of this size that you need, they need to be playing bigger than they are. They need to be playing more ferocious, more attacking style of basketball on both ends of the floor. Otherwise, this Lakers team will just walk right over them like they've been doing. But uh, anyway, I'll leave it at that. Uh, for all the YouTube people, don't forget to subscribe and like the video. Apparently, liking the video is good. I don't really, I don't know. I'm not really into the, all this stuff. But yeah, just um, comment down below anything that you noticed in the game. And um, I'll try to reply and we can have a good old classic conversation. But um, I'll see you guys in the next one. See ya.